0: Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in, and this is the Necessary Bullshit Podcast, episode lucky number 13. Josh here. Um, doing another housekeeping just because I had a lot of fun with the last one <laughs> No, um, but I do want to kind of uh, make a few things clear first is my brand-new beautiful spankin sky tech computer got in um, Just got a monitor last night and I'm in the process of getting everything set up for that So I got my recording program on there uh, still a little funky I guess uh, one of our mics patched really really well, but one of my 80 uh, 2020 USB mic is, is having issues um, so i still working on that, but it should be increasing stuff for this episode that you were hearing, uh, Ian and I went through and changed some levels. So it's definitely way better than the last episode with all the volume issues and whatnot. But, you know, I think there's still a little bit of issue for me kind of sounding a little peaky. Um, but a good chunk of this episode is really good, so I apologize about the peakiness of it all. Peaky blinders to say. <laughs> um, but a few important things. One is with that, soon I'm going to be rendering to YouTube, so keep an eye out for YouTube. Um, of course, our website, thenecessarybspodcast.com, is where you're going to find um, all of our major platforms as well as episodes. And pay attention to the Listen on Apple Podcast platform because our contest is still going on. Um, we're going to keep pitching it till we're blue in the face, a $200 Visa gift card to uh, a drawing for the top 55 star comments on our iTunes page. Guys, let's be honest, it's an algorithm, Um, it's good for helping us be seen, Um, and all we ask is that you leave us a nice little review, and then we will do a raffle for you guys, Uh, so I appreciate any of you that are listening currently, and if you have not done that, find a few moments to go do it, we really do appreciate it. Um, lastly, I think that this episode is going to be a very fun and interesting one. We decided to do about mental health. Um, I know a lot of people in my family and Ian's family also struggle through this. So, guys, in the description is going to be uh, links to books that we're going to be recommending uh, in this episode. And we did a fun thing. We got set up with Amazon affiliates, so I will make a disclaimer that uh, we the links that we're going to put in our show notes will link to our affiliate account, and so if you like what we're pitching or if we recommend anything in the future, please check our website. We're going to have a generic link to our Amazon affiliate account there, Um, but also click the links in the show notes if you want to buy any of these products. Uh, That is our way of being reversed for them. A lot of them, we're not sponsored or anything of that nature. We just really enjoy the the products that we're pitching. Uh, We've either read them or used them or whatever scenario comes up in these episodes. So if you find what we're doing great and you want to kind of buy these books or do some more research on what we're talking about, please check our show notes for the links because we will get a little kickback from that to continue to try and fund this. And lastly, on that note, we will be setting up a support page as well very soon uh, with a PayPal business account so people can donate. And right now we're 100% self-funded and don't get us wrong. We're having a good time. We're enjoying that. But as you all can probably agree, uh, listening to this if you are a content creator yourself, or if you can probably understand that anytime somebody starts a venture, the goal is to eventually try to make a profit off of it. So, you know, obviously we're not trying to supplement incomes here, but it would be nice to start getting some money back from the community to to keep growing and learning about sound and trying to make it the best we can be. So with that being said, that's all I got to say. I'm going to shut up now and get to the episode. Enjoy, guys. This oh, is bullshit. America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. You know, it is really funny when you think about, you know, starting this podcast, I'm like, do I know anything about sound? Of course not. How difficult can it be? Yeah. No, it's really difficult. There's a whole lingo going on. Um Oh, it's crazy. That's like
1: trying to, like, work on a car yourself when you really don't know yep. what's going on, and then you're like, oh, this doesn't work now. Yep, you're <laughs> like, oh, shit,
0: like, I just made it ten times worse, and now we just figured it out. Well, yeah. hello,
1: everybody. Hey, welcome, <laughs> welcome to, to the, the Necessary, Necessary Bullshit, Bullshit Podcast, Podcast, probably. Probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we we think. We're, yep. we're really trying... Go. We're turning over a new leaf here. I Like I said, we've we've had just... Yeah. Uh, my computer is supposed to come in yesterday. It has not come in. It's supposed to come in today. Uh, and That's they need me to right. sign for it. So uh, Ian can't give me shit for keeping our door open this time. Yeah. Because so, I have yeah, to hear... So if
1: Josh just has to, like, leave Yeah, leave if you guys hear me for... just kind of
0: dip real fast and you guys hear some movement, it's because I need to sign for my new computer. I guess it's
1: not your fault, but it's... No, yeah, it's
0: it plan is. Plan it. But, um, no, so we're just laughing because we finally spent some time to listen to our own voices and the voice... Program I have that patches our mics, and we decided to tweak with a little bit, and we're like, holy shit, we sound uh, better.
1: Yeah, we're like regular old audio we're, engineers. Yeah,
0: we, <laughs> now we've messed around. Do we know what they do? Not at all. Do we're we totally just, We're totally yeah. experts, as in we just moved the toggle up and down until we thought we sounded okay, which we don't know. And it
1: sounds so like seriously, if you're listening to this. And you could comment on that even though I know you won't. Uh, you can, <laughs> you know, please let us know how oh, much better we still, sound.
0: Oh, I hope it still sounds like shit. And here we are trying to say that we sound better when yeah. and when we post yeah. it. You know what? Like it's garbage. better
1: I Had to have confidence. Yep. Uh, guess, yeah.
0: But, well, guys, let's get into the episode. So today, uh, Ian and I decided that we're going to talk about mental health. It's been a topic that is very close to me. Um, it's been a topic that I think deserves to be discussed more because I yeah. feel like it's not. And it's
1: necessary. It's it is some necessary bullshit i don't even know if it's all that bullshit to be honest i mean i know you know
0: children, i mean it's you know, bullshit it for the people that have to deal with it because right. they and you
1: know, the way in which it's spoken
0: about exactly today. so yeah. there is a lot of bullshit I mean, because i'm fucking that.
1: insane and people just think i'm normal <laughs>
0: <laughs> but i know that ian and i have you know had uh we've we've, we've been around got some good experience we got some we got some that. good stuff there yeah. so um i think to get this started what i want to do is is basically let you guys know so i kind of started this journey a couple years ago um, uh, I dated somebody. Oh, you're gonna open up your can? Yeah, right, right. There the, okay. Sorry, I just there. wanted everybody to know. Oh, Jesus! Sorry, I, spilling I, it I, everywhere. I, I drank beer all day yesterday. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I had I, I drank two pitchers of margaritas. I was sharing, but. Oh
1: yes! Oh yes! Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday yeah. yeah,
0: we were just. Yeah. I made kebabs. and We had margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's delicious. I don't like margaritas, but kebabs. Keba- I could be kebabs are delicious, and they're Persian. Most people don't know that. It's a fun fact. I mean, it sounds
1: like. It's I mean, it almost Persian. sounds Yiddish. You know, oh my gosh. I'm having a kebab. You know, that, what is that? That was like, an that was like New York <laughs> Italian. It's yeah. not Yiddish.
0: Um, anyway, so I guess Ian's given us a good example here when we get I'm into <laughs> <laughs> um, No, but all joking aside, a couple of years ago, I uh, and she's I dated a girl that kind of t- dealt with some of these issues or was starting to learn from these issues. And to protect her, because she's very private, we're going to call her Stephanie. Um, so, Stephanie and I. Or Stefan. Uh, or Stefan. Gender neutral. <laughs> Gender <laughs> neutral. Uh, Skylar. That's, <laughs> Skylar goes that's with, a boy's name. Skylar yeah. goes both ways. So yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. Skylar with an I, girl. Skylar with a Y, boy. Yeah, or Paige. Um, Paige. No, I dated a Paige. That's triggering. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. Paige no. sounds like a beautiful girl's name. Paige is a
0: great name. Uh, especially with an "i," that's how you spell P A I G E. Really? Yeah, you just throw like an a "i" in a No, book. not just page out of a book. You yeah. got it. for the name, you throw in an "i," or at yeah. least that's how she yeah. spelled it. But Did, was there an "e" at the end? I am sorry. Oh my yeah. land! <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So basically, what happened was is that it was kind of like this discoverance with helping her kind of realize what was going on, and and just and I worked with trying to get her a therapist, and I worked with trying to get her diagnosed, and. And it was just, even for me, who I feel I have a pretty okay head on my shoulders, it was exhausting getting her the care that she needed. Mm. And I didn't understand. You know, there's a lot of ways that, that in particular, bipolar type 2, there's a lot of ways that bipolar affects the brain that I didn't know. And the way that they view the world and the way that they perceive the world was just fascinating to me. And and I just needed to understand more, so I started reading. And you know, of course, a lot of the information that I'm going to be spouting at you guys today is going to come from *The Noonday Demon* by Andrew Solomon.
1: Not um, Andrew Sullivan. Not Sullivan. We originally Solomon. thought it was yeah, uh, Solomon.
0: But if, Solomon. But is that you, it? Solomon. I don't know. But how's it spelled? Look up, it's uh, it's like S-O-L-O-M-A-N. Oh yeah, that's Solomon. Yeah. So, yeah. For yeah. G. So. so Right. Uh, anyway, anyway, if you look matter. up The New yeah. Name Demon, that's his book. Uh, Robert Sapolsky's book of behavior, I've talked about that quite often. It also covers uh, different aspects of behavior, and he does a, a bit about uh, kind of different chemical wirings of the brain. Sapolsky and, or Solomon? Uh, well, or both. Both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, both. Solomon's book is mainly about depression and treatments and, okay, and that okay. kind of okay. mental illness, and, <clears throat> and Robert's is about just like neurobiology of, of behavior. Okay. Uh, of course, coddling of the American mind. Um that book also covers a lot about spiking anxiety and depression. Which, rates by the way,
1: I'm excited to. Re- he, Josh lent it to me. I haven't uh, unfortunately had a chance to start it yet. But yeah, it's, it's and it, we've talked about it before. We talked Alive. about it before. I, so you know, just all these books that I picked like up, cognitive behavioral behavioral therapy right yes there.
0: and i have like the feel the, the 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 mood or the feel good the mood therapy by uh, i can't remember his name i have his book in the other room i might have to run out and grab that i'm going to run and grab that at some point uh, and bring that in potentially here to when the doorbell rings right? yeah potentially when the doorbell rings we'll also but take a break and i'll an grab opportunity <laughs> and i'll grab that book because uh that was brought up in and and coddling of the american mind and uh it was about cognitive behavioral therapy which we'll get into i took some notes on that but uh, but It's actually been proven to be one of the only uh, non-medicational ways to to increase that, but we'll, we're going to get there. So for now, I think uh, just kind of given that brief history, Ian, and i kind of you know, been talking a lot, so let me let you throw in whatever the fuck you want to say. I, I have
1: nothing to say. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is a, your podcast yeah. today. Yep. No, um, no, I think, uh, I mean, I guess just to start, you know, like, you know, I think we should address, like, what, what do we call this issue, right? Uh, is it, should we talk about it in such as, like, mental health or mental illness and i think the illness part kind of what we were talking a little bit on the phone before we recorded uh started recording was the idea of the fact that it is if it's considered an illness then there's a kind of stigma attached to that yes, um, yes and and it it would be better to to think of it as mental health you know and which i think we both agree upon in the sense that you know when you look upon and i and i definitely want you to kind of take away this part because i think uh I think you have a lot to say on it, but, um... You know, if we look to analogize it with—that's not a word—analogously um, to the body. Yes, analogize. Yeah, sorry, uh, I up words Oxford
0: Dictionary. Yes, yeah. uh, you'll find it. As, yeah, it's the Savage Dictionary. Yeah, it's a um, picture of Ian, and it just says yeah. he's, he's an idiot. That's what that.
1: Just got the fucking no. Dunce, it's okay. dunce hat on my. I,
0: I make you know. Sometimes I go back and listen to our episodes, and I'm like, well, I pronounce that weird, weird. You know, you know that, the, that, that weird, 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 <laughs> weird. There I go again. That, that weird, weird example. Yeah.
1: But anyway, so uh, in equating it with physical health, I think is a really yes. good. Uh, metaphor, you know, in the sense that when we think about uh, you know bodily uh, health, when it comes to making sure that we are you know eating right and exercise, and um, uh, it's hard. It's also hard to like not talk about uh, psychological health with it too, because I think they are really integral. But that aside, when we get into mental health, um, yeah, uh, you know, if you don't want to be <laughs> sorry if this is triggering, you know, but if you don't want to be like fat or or overweight in some way and you and your diet is really poor you know you know that that's really not a good lifestyle at least that's what you've been told you know from society and i think that's right you know i don't think it's i mean obviously i don't think it's a terrible thing to be like a little chunky no
0: yeah. but i mean but i mean obesity is the leading cause of of death yeah, so yeah. far in the united states well, yeah. currently and like and heart a, disease which and, is you know and this is a, and everything right like and this i think the last time i saw it which you can you know somebody wants to quote me on this this is a rough guesstimate here i'm just kind of uh, pulling this out of my ass, mm-hmm. but i believe the last thing a report that i saw was it was just just about 60%. So just under 60% of of the american population is obese or considered obese. Mm, yeah. um, and so so again it's 60%? Is yeah, that just the thing like, coming off
1: your head? It's, yeah. No,
0: it's like uh, the, when i saw the article i think it said like 57.6 or something like that. I, when, last yeah, last time that's i remember seeing it, it was amount, like 57 like, to 58. Seriously.
1: I mean because the the american population is i think around 340 million. Right, but if you think about out. it, you know,
0: look about our eating habits and and, and it's all about convenience. It's it's drive throughs. it's cheap, you know, it's like processed food or you you know, it's like you go to the Dollar Tree or you go to grocery outlet. It's 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 more cost effective to have a top ramen diet. Like cheap food yeah. is is not good for Simply you. Simply
1: because of you know, how much energy you personally have to spend if you want to cultivate your own yeah. food. You know, whether it's a garden or if it's livestock or anything like that. It's much more affordable, both energy wise and uh and with capital then to like have other people do it for you exactly
0: and so yeah. for me it's like putting it in perspective it really does paint a clear picture once you start comparing mental health to physical health because mm-hmm. physical health and you know again it's one of those things where both of them what they have in common is they're still a practice we're still kind of learning and figure things out yeah. uh for physical health and you know for example it's they were you know the, the pitch for so long was you have to eat a bunch of small meals throughout the day uh to keep your metabolism going and now intermittent fasting is the, is the thing they said don't eat for 12 hours and need and this window so it's like things are constantly changing and kind of growing but the way to view it is with mental health being fat or being overweight is not necessarily a problem right but when you continue when you continue to do that or if, it, if you don't take care of yourself right it then will lead to heart issues it'll lead to joint issues it'll lead to cardiovascular issues and it will cause these health issues. And I think your mental health is very similar where if mm-hmm. you are unhealthy mentally and you can, and you don't do anything to fix that it will eventually lead to different problems. Yeah. And, and how you also connect the two is it's like, look, when you, when you decide to become healthier, there are certain things that you have to do. You have to change your diet. You have to add in more exercise, whether that be you know, lifting or cardiovascular work and mental health is no different. If you are, if you are somebody that needs to increase your mental health, you know, it's not just oh, I need medication. It's not just oh, I have to do therapy. It's just there's a combination of things that you do collectively to yeah, help you and a
1: good balance, right?
0: And so, you know, the reason, <clears throat> one of the main reasons why I wanted to talk about this is just it just always shocked me how you know the people that I'm close to that that deal with these problems are are so distraught about needing to take a pill to to, to normalize themselves. It's right, almost right. they feel you know, broken, I guess needing to take a pill when you know i was talking to ian before we got to start i was like what what blows my mind is you know we have no problem seeing old people take medication for their livers for their hearts for for whatever sure, yeah. condition or you know <clears throat> people that have other illnesses like if you have diabetes you know you take insulin and you do other stuff like that nobody they don't feel broken or lesser of people at least yeah, they're not just that like, i know my dad i just have to do yeah, yeah my dad was diabetic type two so he lost it when he lost a bunch of weight but going up he never had a problem with, with you know, yeah. checking his blood like sugar. Like I have
1: a uh, uh, hypoglycemia, like which just means like I have just low b- blood sugar. Not diabetic, you know, but it's on the same line of diabetes. So I have to eat every couple hours. It's not as bad as it used to be as a kid, right, but that's right. like. You know, that's just something by solve. You know, by having sugar. Yes. You know, so it's like. So I just think. Really, that what is the difference? Right, and then yeah. there's
0: also this mentality that I see with a lot of people is is uh, that I've that again that I've been close to that have kind of dealt with these issues and me trying to really wanting to understand their their way of thinking and the psychology behind why you know they feel the way that they feel because it's weird. You know, being with Stephanie. Um, she was extremely See, i heard those air quotes yeah (laughs) (laughs)
1: well
0: i almost said the real name i had to focus Uh, but being with stephanie i like it was what blew me away was that she was fully aware of when her emotions take over Mm -hmm. and she feels like a prisoner in her, her, her own body as she describes it where like things happen and and even retrospectively she knows that what she did was wrong or she overreacted but you can't control it like it's just this wave of feeling and when you look it up and i realize that you know obviously you have the you know uh was yuri yuri harris is that yuri harris yeah yuri yeah, yeah yuri, yeah, yeah you yuri, yuri harris so you have his kind of school of thought which is like it's not just chemical balance you can't just make it so and so scientific it's actually like Loneliness or, or, you know, either depression or drug abuse or anything like that. All these kind of mental stuff comes from from lacking something in your life. Mm-hmm. But what I think is that it's yes, that is also true. There's you know, it's been linked in Robert's book. It's been linked to childhood adversity. A lot of that is uh, either either abandonment or, or abuse has linked to, uh, I guess, in his book, he said somewhere around 80 percent of, of 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 personality disorders are linked to childhood diversity.
1: Yeah, I mean, that totally totally makes sense. And he, yeah, and he talks about, but
0: even even yeah, but even further, because he said it's not just about, it's not even, you know, child abuse, but it's even the poor families too, because if you look, they talk about, you know, like your neurological development is very similar where you need the right food, you need the right sleep, you need the right uh, loving environment. And if you're in a poverty family, oftentimes stress is really high because you're worried about money. So you live in a stressful situation. Your parents are not doing happy because they're stressing about money, what they get. Your nutrition is usually not very good, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're having macaroni and cheese and Top Ramen and, and just the, the whole diet. Well, and top the whole, Ramen is great. Man. Yeah, it is. But <laughs> but the whole diet, and the whole mentality behind people yeah. that live in poverty, that does affect your development. So there's a, there's a causality kind of link there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I think that really bothers me about mental illness is, as people have, you know, I talked about human nature where if you believe like a kind of religious perspective is like the blank slate theory mm-hmm. where, you know, we, Oh, everything is just created by culture and we are in a hundred percent control of our choices and we have a hundred percent free will. And so they look at people and they're like, Oh, just feel better.
1: Yeah. Like, why
0: are you <laughs> acting crazy? Yeah. Like just, you know what I mean? There's a disconnect with how people think. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, I guess. Um,
1: Well, maybe, maybe let's just, I'll get into, since you're bringing up uh, your experience with Stephanie, um, I'll bring up my, not issues or anything like that, but my wife's history a little bit. I'll, I'll be vague, you know, because I don't want to get too personal, you know, right. uh, with her, you know, but she grew up in a very, um, I don't know what it, what a good word is. I, I don't want to sp- explicitly say abusive household, you know. Uh, but tough. Like, yeah, tough. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, just be you know, a little yeah, girl. She'd be yeah.
0: a tough environment. She'd yeah, know, definitely. A you know,
1: like uh, from the time I think she was like born to about three years old, She lived, um, her parents, uh, her mother is like, actually has a severe mental handicap. And so she wasn't like mentally there for her the entire time, uh, them growing up. Um, and her father was actually, you know, even, I don't know the details, so I'm not really going to like, uh, uh, focus on those, but like physically abusive to her and honestly not really there physically a lot of the times either. And when he was, he was, you know, abusive, whether verbally or. Uh, or physically, and they grew up, and their their house was very kind of gross, for lack of a better word. And their again, their nutrition wasn't uh, very well uh, taken care of. And then they finally were they got in a foster care system for like a year. Her and her sister uh, got a foster care system for like a year, and then they stayed with their grandma. And then <laughs> unfortunately, like what they they moved with their grandmother to Central Oregon, which is where both Josh and I are from. And after their grandmother died, they moved in with their aunt and uncle. And their aunt and uncle basically treated them like Harry Potter. Tiffany, my wife, more so. They kept them out in the garage and, like, basically was verbally abusive to them their entire time that they stayed there. Made them there. like clean and, and uh, no, uh, a little bit, but yeah, um, yeah. definitely or just more of just kind they of they like definitely were and subs- them. subservient to their own children, you know, to the to their um, to their cousins. And so it was just like. So, you know, what's interesting, guys, is, like, you know, I,
0: I've been friends with Tiffany for a long time, and I, this is, like, learning new stuff, and I really appreciate yeah, her. Yeah, don't what, bring it up to her. No, I won't, I, won, no, I, won. I, won. I won. But what you guys need to understand is that, like, hearing this, this is my first time kind of getting a more full background. She is a very strong and powerful woman for, for being who she is now from, from what you right, just described. Right, yeah, yeah. You know. So, I just wanted to give her a shout-out. Well, great, She, yeah. just, God, she I deserved a positive yeah. shout-out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah, Hopefully,
1: that, I've never talked negatively about her on the podcast.
0: She's, she's my yeah. wife, and I do love her. I know really, that, yeah. I know that, but um, it's okay. She's admitted that. She's yeah
1: no she is so. <laughs> yeah please don't tip but no but just pause it right, now. right well let, it.
0: i'll add like a couple
1: more things no here. i want you to say that yeah. i just was yeah. i just you know, i'm learning this for the first time too this right is yeah so you one. know you're the audience um yeah you know and then when she finally moved out of her aunt and uncle she moved in with um kind of a pseudo adoptive family the the fixots who were also <laughs> kind of treated her like garbage and then like her and i finally we dated a little bit in high school and then we reconvened uh in 2016 twenty fifteen but then twenty sixteen we started dating again, and like i I don't want to feel feel like this like you know savior I don't want the savior complex, but I definitely was like, hey, we need to just totally revamp your way because I mean she's had like anxiety and depression, you know she self medicates with just nicotine, you know uh nothing uh severe or anything Something like that, that, nothing crazy you know um and so her her life I think is drastically improved, you know I think there's a lot more meaning in her life now also. Uh, mainly because I'm so amazing, but then also, uh, you know, we we had a child together, and that, <laughs> oh, there you go, and, yeah. that and, and that actually, she, you know, she wants to give our son the best life that she can because she didn't have it, and so that puts a lot of positive spin, I think. No, that's a things. great way so, of, of anyway, viewing. That. Yeah, no, that, I feel like yeah. there's
0: two kinds of people. There's people that like end up turning up like they're raised, or there's people that will mm-hmm. go, I never want to put. Which
1: is, it's 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 unfortunate too because. Most of the people who are raised in a certain way end up doing that. They do. They, yeah. they indirectly
0: yeah. end up doing that, and that's why I think it's important. And, and when I structure the way that I view the world, and you know, I just wrote, I just dropped the new piece about human nature, and, and I'm not just trying to plug in the piece I just dropped, but I, I yeah, I, you are. I, <laughs> but I, I do think it's important because I talk about this concept of of nobody really, you know, our nature is so complex, and the way that our brains develop is is so complex that. I think that both camps are right. I think that it's equally okay to hold people accountable for their actions and, and making sure that they do have a sense of, of again, what well, I like to call it free won't, where you can learn and be mindful of the way that your brain works and you can work towards understanding how to be objective. Yeah. And you can slowly piece away like, okay, let me, let me try to learn when I'm emotional and learn when I can keep an eye on that and try to like separate that. So I do believe there is some credibility in holding people accountable, but to well, a certain extent. Yeah,
1: because, I mean, because we, you can, you know, even as flawed as, like, the prison system is, for example, like, you can actually, while I don't condone the actual idea of prison, you can get in there and actually influence their behavior through certain environmental changes,
0: right? Oh, yeah, uh, because, you know. well, that's how, you know, they, again, in Robert's book, um, Behave he talks about how uh they did a study a neurological study and they found out that that a high percentage of of inmates have a have a overdeveloped amygdala and an underdeveloped frontal cortex mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of it is they have messed up childhoods you know a lot of it stems from you know i read the 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 five love languages that book uh that book was really interesting it was more for his love but... was that by oh god i don't
1: know i'll oh, grab it okay. too i'll grab it put too Put it in the show notes, I'll put yeah. in the show notes <laughs> but when i
0: go and grab the other book i have them oh, all spread around the house it, yeah. Um, but th- what he brings up is he actually tells a story about a prison inmate who had written mm-hmm. him a letter after he had found his book. And he said, you know, I grew up my whole life thinking my mother never loved me. Um, and then, like, reading your book, I realized that she was showing me love in a language that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And now that I read that, like, I learned that that was her way of showing me love. And it just made me feel better. And I thought, God, that's fascinating. You know, there's. Yeah. You know the heat breaks down. like do different five categories of how you show love, and I think. Do you again, remember what
1: they are, by any chance?
0: No. No. Uh, Put okay, on I'm the gonna, show notes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm being terrible. No. Yeah. Um, you know. Actually, you do, you keep talking. I'm gonna. This is gonna. We're gonna try oh, something Jesus crazy. Christ, I'm not even yeah. gonna pause it. He's I'm just, just gonna, gonna go give, leave. I'm just gonna leave. Yeah. Deuces.
1: Bye. I guess. No. It'll only take him just a second. Yeah. I think it's just. Um. I, I guess to make a quick tangent here. Um. I think it's interesting. Oh my God, he's so fucking loud. Just just like comment, you know, comment do commentary on on him searching through his house. It feels like he doesn't even know the layout of his own. He's oh, just like running around like a fucking goddamn. Oh Vietnamese. well, look, he's back. I do not even have to say anything important.
0: I yeah, that was really unproductive. I'm sorry about that, guys. Maybe and I'll, unprofessional. And I'm back. Maybe I'll yeah. edit all this. Hashtag out. cancel bullshit. <laughs> So anyway, we have uh, by Gary Chapman. There we uh, go. It's the no five love languages. languages, and just like let me open up this book here to, to lay out all five of them. How prepared? Um, I know, right? Isn't isn't this, there isn't should, there a glossary? Yeah, f- You'd think you would have like an easy way to do that. I guess it looks like we're gonna. I'm gonna read. This There's entire, a con- table
1: of contents. There
0: yeah. we go. I'm gonna read this entire book. <laughs> That's all of Sorry, our. Sorry, today's
1: not a podcast; it's an audio book. Um, so
0: the five love languages are words of affirmation quality time receiving gifts acts of service and physical touch sorry yeah so isn't that
1: two? the two like one thing
0: no 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 so acts of service is like uh i mowed the lawn for you or i uh, right. i you know remodeled your whatever or like it's like it's like showing love through through hey you know i, I took your car to the shop you mm-hmm. know what i mean like i you know it's like showing love through doing
1: i didn't have to but i did
0: it didn't yeah like hey i did this or i went to the grocery store like that and then you know, physical touch is is that. So one more time, words of affirmation. Doesn't obviously, have to be sexual, okay, yeah. Quality it time, of... receiving gifts, sex, service, uh, physical touch. Actually,
1: I think all of those are related to sex.
0: So, oh my gosh. <laughs> so basically, what the you know what I was interested in at the time when I kind of grabbed mm-hmm. that book was just understanding the link between childhood adversity and and you know personality disorders or a lot of mental illnesses, um, and then how that kind of plays in with genetics and the, how that the the roles that they have together and they're overlapping and. And just understanding that some of it is not in our control. So biological luck, as I talk about uh, in a paper, I'm sure we've mentioned before, is basically that, you know, our environment and our genetics are the two main things that kind of make us who we are, That that, that is our development, that does affect our, our cognitive abilities and how our... How our brain is mapped and how everything's done, mm-hmm. and how we as people you know we can't we don't choose who our father and mother are we're just born, and we don't choose the environment that we were raised in. I'm sure right. if you talk to your wife now, um she wouldn't have gladly not chosen the route of childhood as she was i put mean
1: maybe on. maybe i guess uh I mean just a quick thing on that real quick about not being able to choose i think it's uh if we if we could choose i think then the consequences of, of, of choosing would be drastically different. Right? Well then maybe the
0: if I will do a thought experiment we'll just say that if she was given a choice to have a decent childhood and it wouldn't affect the current reality that she lives in now yeah sure yeah, yeah. somehow yeah but no so, i mean no, you're right though um, i mean like
1: of course like nobody wants to Well, if you say everything it happens a for
0: a reason it might have been a different pathway but who knows it could have easily ended at this time it's that's for a different conversation. i don't know i mean like
1: we could really get into this i mean if you've seen avengers endgame oh yeah. my god
0: but i think the important point that i want to make here is just the fact that it's like i think what's what's neglected most often or not paid attention to is the fact that you know what happens when we're children is very important to how we develop Absolutely. when we're adults. Absolutely. And sometimes we judge people when we realize that, like, we're not sure exactly what their upbringing was, and is it really their fault? You know what I mean? That's, In a sense, that's I mean the, I, I, that's I, the I, question.
1: I'm of the mind that no, that nothing is anybody's fault. Hmm. You know, but I mean, but we can still take responsibility. Right you know, and there's also there's it's and like I said everything is on there. a you know
0: and I don't I don't know if I need to make this disclaimer but here we go. Um, everything is on a spectrum everything is on a scale. So when I'm talking about a lot of the stuff I'm except talking about except gender. <laughs> sorry. I'm talking about <laughs> <sorry. laughs> Oh my god. I'm talking about being uh, averages here. So it's like yes, I understand that there will be people that will have an amazing loving childhood and still end up with some of these conditions. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, so, there's
1: not the defining like right. factor. It, to d- have d- it, d- it is life. help. There's nothing. Yeah.
0: But then again, that's why genetics and environment play together because if that's happening, then it might be genetic. That's, that's, that's kind of creeping in. Um, a lot of the times it's environment. I just think that most people don't understand that like nobody, nobody asks to be the way that they are. And, and, and it's a
1: goddamn combination of both. It's and I know that because
0: you know yeah. I remember you know Stephanie. I remember just the amount of pain I watched her suffer through, and I, it had just broke my heart. And she would just sit there, and I remember she looked up at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, "You know, am I a monster? Like yeah. a moral monster?" Or she asked me anything, if I was yeah. a monster, and I'm like, "You're not a monster. And like it's just you don't, you know." And then it's just like this very kind of black and white thinking, it's, it's very kind of emotionally twisting, it's this weird confirmation bias of, of having yourself convince yourself, like for example it's, you know, if I, if I was late for something because I, I did this, it was more of like, oh, you didn't want to be there, it's like just the way that her mind would come to conclusions right. to me, yeah. sounded completely irrational but for her, it's just the way that her brain was chemically... It's kind of like this
1: unbounded emotional logic, right? That yeah. like, allows to go unchecked
0: yeah. You know, and so there's most, no
1: regulatory system going on in her. Right. Recovery. And and the
0: second thing, too, is, is a lot of you know a lot of people that I know that will go through that will start taking medication will find medication. And here's the thing that I kind of like say there, too, what most people don't know. Yes, it sucks because it's trial and error, because look at alcohol. You know, alcohol is the same kind of drug. But when you and I drink it, it affects our bodies differently. Yeah. Like I get fat. Oh my gosh! (laughs) gosh. I just meant like some people when they drink they get really aggressive. When I drink I'm really happy. Like alcohol is the same drug that affects people differently. So clearly when you're when you're trying out whether it be antidepressants, whether it be mood stabilizers, whether it be whatever you're trying to do, there's no
1: one perfect thing. There's no one perfect thing,
0: and you got to find what chemically is right for you. But once you find that, so you know what I loved about Stephanie's doctor, the first doctor that I got to sit in on is is. It was this moment was where he,
1: was he was were they a psychiatrist yeah, or a psychiatrist okay. Uh,
0: okay. this particular one was a psychiatrist and he had said um i need you to understand something like the way that your brain is is that it's just very sensitive and it is secreting so it's like your synapses and your neurons and your you are creating you are feeling things at the extreme
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know and what this is going to do is it's just going to help rebalance the cocktail in your brain yeah and once that rebalances the cocktail, but he said, you need to understand something like this pill is not, it doesn't cure. It doesn't fix the imbalance. It just keeps it balanced. And if you yeah. stop taking it, like, right, it little... will go back to being imbalanced. And, and, and he just said, it's he just said a lot of patients will start taking it. They're like, Oh, I feel better. And stop taking and then it. Just stop taking yeah. it.
1: I think it's um, a really common phenomenon. Actually, it is. Yeah. And
0: I think it's like, I was proud. I at least loved that he was able to describe to her that you need to understand that you have to take these for the rest of your life and it's going to be okay like to do that and you know it's like look birth control i take not birth control but Well, I yeah, said now, birth control. You no wonder why you're so feminine. No, I'm <laughs> no, I, well, my brain was like birth control because a lot of women take a pill every day for birth control. That's true. Yeah. Um. So there, you know. So we do that to, to to have no babies. That's how my son came into being. Oh my gosh! And then there's like me. What I say is, you know, it's not necessarily anything that's uh, that I need to take, but I take I take Garcinia Cambogia every morning, and I drink apple cider vinegar. What the, the it,
1: Fuck is that? It's
0: it's it's a fruit. You it can look like... it up. <laughs> Anybody that wants to just look up Garcinia Gambocho you'll know what it you'll know what it is it's Insane. and I'm not gonna spell it because I don't know how google, <laughs> google just corrects it for me just fucking google it yeah. um but no, and then I found again I want to talk about this too uh for those of you that don't know this was brought up in calling the American Mind it's about um cognitive behavioral therapy um and it's david d burns uh it's feeling good the new mood therapy the clinically proven drug free treatment for depression sounds made up. And it's not, it's very real. It's Here, a real I'll, book I'll real. even, I'll even.
1: Oh my God. Do you hear those pages? Yep. Pages He's, are turning. Yep. Gears are grinding.
0: Gears are grinding. Pages are yeah. turning. So um, I've, again, I've, I know a couple of people that have kind of like just minor anxiety problems and, and, uh, uh struggle with depression, which is a common thing that's happening in this country, which is why See, I was like,
1: well, I think it's like, it's a very common thing that almost no one wants to acknowledge. Really?
0: to Yeah. Do, because again, it's, a, I feel like it's just a misunderstanding. It's more of like people with, and I, I told, I say this all the time that people with healthy brains have no way of really understanding how somebody with a non-healthy brain would think. And of course, if you're using your healthy brain to put yourself in that position. So this is a common fallacy that I actually fell apart or I fell into because when you have a healthy brain, things think differently and you go, well, if I was depressed, I would just go in the sun or I would just talk to people. Or I would just do like, like I would just do the things. And then what what people don't realize is that yes, what you are actually doing is you're describing your healthy, non-depressed brain yeah,
1: yeah. trying to say what you
0: would do when you are depressed <laughs> when you're not depressed. I, I
1: want to add something to that because there's an analogy I have in my brain. I used to work with this guy uh, when I worked at this warehouse. He was this very, you know, it was this kind of older dude, you know, who was probably pretty perverted. Anyway, I remember. Hearing him one time, out we had a roach coach that drove around. I know that doesn't sound um, pleasing, but you know it's like a you know a food truck that came uh, to our uh, warehouse every uh, every day for lunch. Anyway, I remember hearing him one time talking about. He's like, you know, if I was a if I was a girl, I'd just be a fucking lesbian because I love having sex with women so much. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you are thinking from the perspective as a male, like as a man you know, and, and, and your sexual desire status. Yeah, so you're, exactly. You're, like if yeah. you, if you were actually a woman, I think you would be thinking very differently. You could maybe, you, you Yeah, could. you could. could, it's, it's, could it's a, lesbian, a swing. But, it's a, but, yeah, a swing That's like, men. uh, there's this, uh, a uh, famous, uh, thought experiment with this, uh, book. I can't remember the author, uh, but Sam Harris brought it up on his podcast. He's brought it up a few times about what it's like to be a bat. And the thing is, is like the conclusion of the thought experience thought experiment is that there's no way to actually experience being a, what a bat would be like from the perspective of being a human being. Like if you're a bat, you're just a bat.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. You know? Cause I, uh, I have a similar story, but from a theater related, uh, from my background, there's a very famous uh, Using very, your expertise there. Yeah. There was a very famous like moment where there was an, it was like this improv class and the teacher had like 30 kids and, and the teacher said, all right, you, you guys are all chickens and <laughs> just act like chickens. So for the entire class period, they were buck buck, you know, walking around acting like chickens. And then all of a sudden she said, a bomb goes off. And everybody runs, and everybody runs, and then there's one acting student that's just still plucking at the grass. And then she looked at him and she said, "Why didn't you run when the bomb went off?" And and she looked at her, she, he's like, "I'm a fucking chicken." <laughs> he's like, "That's great. It's an amazing like, I'm moment. I'm a fucking chicken. Like, what he's do you want like, me to do? Yeah, like as a human, yeah, I might sense danger. I might know that. I might do that. But my back was turned. I'm sitting there eating some grain. I'm just a chicken." <laughs> Like, what, what am I supposed to have?
1: A for the day, right? A for yeah. the day. Yeah. Um,
0: but no, that, that's a that's a good yeah. point. It brings up the fact that it's like, as much as, you, as much as you think, you know, my mom and I talk about this a lot too, where she goes, I would, her famous thing is like, I would love to think that I know what I would do. But in actuality, I don't know what I'm going to do until I'm in that position. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I can prep and plan and, and I can be as prepared as I want. But until I'm actually in that position, I don't know what to do. And so I think the common misconception that really makes, you know, kind of gets under my skin is. So many people judge mental illness from their normal brains, yeah. And of course, if you're gonna like, oh, I don't know why they don't just do this. Like, it, I can't. Okay, how do I put this in the right vein? I hate that because they are judging somebody with a normal brain. They then equate the person with a non-normal brain as being weak. Yeah,
1: and you know, in what? the I, sense, I think, so you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Like, you see, what I'm saying it's I like maybe I, weak that, is in the right word, but there's, but there is something about just not being. Strong as able to handle, as yeah. Able, maybe, right. yeah.
0: Able, maybe like yeah. capable. Uh, it's more of like you know they view them as like either broken or not. It's just like no, these people need love. These people need support, and it's not easy. You know, it's definitely not easy. Right. And,
1: and I think actually to speak to the to the difficulty there of being able to recognize that they are just they are just people. You know, they just have a different bit of a wiring there. You know, to use a technological term. Yeah. Um. But I but I actually think there's probably a good evolutionary explanation for why. You know, people do have that reaction, right? Because in, you know, ancient humans, I'm sure, in the small groups that they uh, arise in, when you had somebody who was uh, mentally handicapped, you know, you would have to spend a tremendous amount of resources to make sure that they were protected, safe, and healthy. And so a lot of the times, I'm sure, if you have somebody like that, you're like, yeah, let's just let them die off. You know, because they're going to drag down the rest of the tribe. And so I think that kind of uh, psychology has been persistent. And, and, and in order to kind of get over that, we have to recognize uh, that they are just people. They're they're just a little bit different. Right. And that's know? why,
0: and that's why I, again, I, mean, I, was, I would recognize right. that. Right. And I was telling Ian, I mean, you know, kind of studying mental illness as much as I have, uh, it's kind of made me realize that, that that was kind of the nail in the coffin for, for getting rid of believing in free will. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I these people, just the amount of suffering that I've read stories that like Andrew Solomon talks about with his depression, people that I'm close to. And the more that I tell people about the research I'm doing, the more they open up to me and more people that I've been close to suffer with anxiety and depression than I ever thought. And it's just, it's crazy how, how many, like how many people around me do suffer from some of these things. And, and I was kind of like looking at it in Solomon's book and, and I kind of want to talk about this idea of, of cognitive behavioral therapy and how it really links into this whole idea that I have a free won't and changing impulses. Right. And they, you know, these people didn't control the way that their brain is. And like, again, their neuroscience, which I think neuroscience should be taught in high school. Absolutely. Or at least a, just a general, You know, not like,
1: you know, some basic form of psychology. uh, Yeah, some basic form, because even
0: reading Robert's book, like it was it was he phrased it like dumbed down enough for me to be able to understand the concepts and the ideas without having to know the really crazy stuff. So, again, like most science that we learn in schools, it is a very truncated version. Yeah, um, oftentimes. And I think I, I just that was a little tangent. But for me, finally, kind of looking into neuroscience, it's really opened up a lot of doors mentally for me about what we do. But I think it really really kind of goes into here. So we have basically cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a form of um, psychodynamic therapy. It's based on emotional and mental responses to uh, external events and the pursuit of uh, – or in the present and in childhood. Mm. And it was developed by Aaron Beck from the University of Pennsylvania. And, Do you know um, when that was? I his, don't. I okay. don't. But look it up. Aaron Beck from University of Pennsylvania. And basically they consider it a form of learned optimism. Oh great! Here we go. No, <laughs> no, and so yeah. really, what it does is the concept is is you you take what you emotionally have been told versus what reality is. Right. And example of that is they flesh through about identifying through a fine tooth comb. There's a lot of homework involved, but you hmm. know you go through a thing and you're like, okay, so talk about this. Like for example, they give in the book a, a wife was. Uh, really upset and she thought like her husband didn't want to spend time with her and and, and all this stuff like that. But it turns out that he had missed a project at work and he had to stay late to finish the project. And so they had to work out that like, look, your emotional brain is going to fill in all these reasons as to why your husband's not home. Mm. When you have to look at the reality of the situation is he didn't finish a project and that's just what it was. And so the way that they describe here is it teaches you how to be objective and it teaches you how to use your thought to kind of adjust and and continue to be mindful, and if you're aware of what that thinking is, you might have a better chance of catching it and looking forward. and And last thing I'll say before I let you get in on this is, uh, Andrew Sullivan talks about this this woman that he had interviewed who survived the Holocaust, and she was in a camp for like a year and a half, and she watched her whole family die. Do you know which camp? um you know what's funny is it is in the book and i just just chose not to write it down because i figured that detail was well, not important
1: yeah that, i mean that's true i guess i don't know but, i guess some some camps are worse than others right so but.
0: i know it started with a d which we can go back through and i'll show you later but uh basically the point is is that he said that when he asked her how did you mentally survive that you know watching your family and all this stuff going on she said i just thought about my hair interesting i thought about my hair Every waking moment, I'd never let myself slip into thinking about anything else but my hair. When could I wash it? If I could could run my fingers through it, if I could do this, if I could do that. And she said hyper-focusing on my hair gave me a little bit of control Mm -hmm. and it allowed me to kind of like process that. So basically learning how to either be objective or changing your thoughts and learning how to navigate that. So that's why I think that it's more complex of...
1: Oh, no, yeah, go ahead,
0: no, go ahead. No, it's more complex, and, and yes, there is some credibility on saying that you are in control of your own situation. If you want to change it, change it. Yeah. But there also is credibility, and these people didn't ask to be that way, and they, some, they might not even be aware of how different they think, and it right. might feel like <clears throat> normal to them.
1: Yeah, no, I, I just want to say that kind of uh, perspective, I guess, on the situation at hand is like, it's, it's a bit of uh, stoicism, I think, as well. You know, the fact that, like, what do I have control over, and what do I don't? Right. Yes. You know, like I can't control that I'm being, uh, uh, you know, objectified and um, uh, oppressed. You know, being you know a Jew, a Jewish person in, <laughs> for some reason, a Jew sounds worse than a Jewish person. I don't know where I, you're I, going with I, this. Yeah, though, no, but just the fact that like there there are people that were that a that were oppressed. And, probably still are in a lot of ways you know in those nazi uh, death camps and you know it's just like you don't really you didn't have a choice of being born that way you know uh yeah exactly yeah. but you know what you can do is like you know what i can focus on like my hair is really gross today i'm going to make sure i'm going to focus on that because you know it, it may you know that may have some negative side effects in the sense that maybe you're purposefully neglecting the suffering of others you know, in the sense that the, the the people around you are suffering, but at the same time, you know, when it actually comes to survival, yes, right. Um, you know, especially in that extreme situation. Oh yeah. You know, it helps psychologically to just like focus one on one thing. I think that's how I honestly I get through a lot of 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 stresses. You know, when it comes to the the amount of issues or whatever that I have in my life, you know, I tend instead of thinking about you know, months or years down the line, I think about a few weeks, you know, down the road that like I can more easily manage, right? It's like, okay, well, I know in this, you know, these next couple of weeks I got to deal with that, you know, like if for some reason, if I'm short on money, you know, and, and I know that I might be short, you know, come the beginning of the next month, instead of worrying about that, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, I need to work this amount of hours this week. You know, or something like that. I just need to make sure that I get my hours in this week. So that way I know that, like, actually if I do those hours and I work those hours, then like, oh, yeah, I'll have enough money by the end of the week or by the end of the month. So so I don't even really have to – it's not that I don't worry about having to pay rent or something like that, but it's the fact that, like, I can focus on this small thing.
0: Right. You know, know, it gives me
1: that kind of, like – you know, it's that lighthouse. Yeah, it right? doesn't.
0: And, and there's and certain people you can reach out to, like what I you know admire. You know, Stephanie and I are no longer together, and we're, but we're still really good friends. And and you were actually here one of the times she called me, and I kind of talked her through an issue. And it's more of like what I love is yeah. she'll call me and she'll be like, "Look, I need to I need advice because like I need you to let me know like you know what your perspective is on this and let me know if my perspective is right or if I'm wrong." And mm-hmm. oftentimes she'll lay out the story, and I'll be like, "Okay, um, I don't think that that's the case. I think that that's." You know, that might be just emotional brain talking. So let's, let's talk about this. Maybe this is the case. And, you know, she'll be like, you know what? Damn, you're right. That makes sense. Like, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's why I called, you know, I'm just say, yeah. I appreciate being that way. And I think, uh, them also reaching out for different perspectives, but, you know, I think really there's two kind of issues to the coin. There's people not admitting to themselves, right? You know, there's a lot of people that, that have a hard time accepting that they may have a, a, a mental disorder or they may have something that's that's affecting them whether it be anxiety and or depression or or any of those kind of things and and then the vice versa is is just a negative stigma about how people view that and you know to go off uh you know I just talked about cognitive behavioral therapy we'll say the next other therapy that is used most often is interpersonal therapy um, an interpersonal this is what
1: I haven't heard of, actually. Yeah, an
0: interpersonal therapy basically kind of goes through your life with a fine tooth comb. Apparently, it's there's four kind of things that you talk about. You talk about grief, you talk about family, you talk about stress factors, and then you talk about self-isolation. Mm-hmm. And you have to be mindful of the fact that when you're isolating yourself, what's stressing you, what's triggering you um, – And basically, uh, like Elliot Valenstein, a professor of psychology and neuroscience at the University of Michigan said, mind cannot exist without the brain, but mind can have influence on the brain. It's a uh, it's a pragmatic and multi-physical problem whose biology we do not understand is what his comment was Hmm. when it came to mental illness. I found that very fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Mind cannot exist without the brain, but mind can have influence on the brain yeah definitely so that's where it it comes into play where you know mind and brain kind of coexist and that's where i think you have the the two schools of thought of mind is is the physical needs that you're missing and that may have linked to what you're saying and then you have the brain which is the chemical problem uh the actual nitty-gritty biology of why these are misfiring and so you have both and to go back to fitness that's why i said uh I really want to talk about this this study that Martin Keller did that that they talk about in The New New Demon. Uh, He works at Brown University, um, the psychology department. Basically, they did an overall study of the effects of of therapy versus medication and then both. And so it turns out that less than half of the test group didn't do better with just medication, as well as less than half didn't do better when it came to therapy, but over 80% did better when they were participating in both therapy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and medication and i think that really what i want to hone into on this episode if you know anybody it's just like again medication is like the diet and and therapy is like your exercise so diet and exercise are what you use to become physically fit and i think if you are struggling with mental illness um it is it is medication and therapy that is your diet and exercise for your mental health
1: yeah and you know it's what's funny too uh, just about that analogy is like even how when it comes to physical health, how disconnected you know dieting and ex- exercising are. I mean, think about like a a physical health commercial that you see on TV. Yeah, it is either you know like get the flex and like lift weights and like become a good person, or it's like certain diet plans. They're never together, right? Um, and I think that is an important thing that is not only missing in physical health, but the fact that it is missing in mental health as well, right? And even it- when it comes to commercials oh. about uh, about mental health, it is almost only the medication side of things there's never anything about like you know seek help you know like there there are no commercials for like psychological institutions you know that or uh or psychiatric institutions right that that help people in that way you're only hearing about the the medication side of things
0: well yeah you know and i think too it's like i actually i'm going to piggyback off that and kind of go off down this route that i'm glad you brought it up uh talking about medication and just the mental health field in general so when we uh try to get uh Stephanie seen and, and just to get evaluated to see if this might be a thing. Cause you know, she started to admit to me that she was worried about her mental state of mind. Like mm-hmm. it, she had gotten to the point where she needed some extra help. And, and, you know, I called around to different places and like uh, all of them were like, well, we don't, you know, Oh, you you have the Oregon provided insurance. Uh Yeah. We don't take that. And a lot of places don't, a lot of places yeah. only took private. So that was a big loophole to get over. And then once we found that we would call a place and, you know, she needed help now. And they're like, well, oh, oh, good. Look, is here. We can get you in in about nine months. Yeah. And you're like, Ex- what? You know, six me? to yeah. nine months was yeah. like the average wait time. I'm yeah. like, are you kidding me? Like this, she needs help now. Like we need right, to get. Right. And then you fight and you do that. And we finally get in there. And then and then what happens is, is that a lot of the times, you know, Andrew Solomon talks about this too, where it's like therapists will either think that they, they, they'll diagnose you immediately without spending the time to learn your history, to right, even know. Right, right. Or he says a lot of psychiatrists, their job is just to write prescriptions. Like mm-hmm. they're just, you need to you need this, this, this. And they're just pill pushers is what they're called. And this might get yeah. really conspiratorial, but <laughs> what I think is that- That's right, we're, ex- we're experts in that. I know that, but what I'm saying is like, I just believe that when I saw some of the way that the doctors were handling her, or I write up about certain things. It's like these doctors will just prescribe you like, oh, you need this, 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 and this. It's like after one session- Mm-hmm. You know, they're prescribing you and you have to pay for that if you don't have proper insurance. And it's like, I know that they a certain you know, there's been a lot of trouble for this now because certain places were getting kickbacks and uh, yeah, doctors yeah, yeah. were getting bonuses for, for signing a certain amount of medication. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this again, it's one of my things personally, why I kind of like have a negative stigma to privatize healthcare, especially in the mental health field, because it is not a lot of people are involved in it. It's very difficult to get into it. And then a lot of people are just prescribing meds like they're mad at it and not really taking the time. At least from my personal experience.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I I think, um, you know, first of all, knowing that so like my stepfather right is a is a, uh, in pharmaceuticals. He literally sells drugs to doctors, right? Oh, this is not go. Whoops. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I know, I know. That's yeah. what he does, but you know. Um, yeah. So like part of his job is to is to pressure you know those those doctors into buying it. I mean that's just the salesman, in right? Him, right? It's just you know? yeah, it's, any it's part just his part of job. Sales, yeah. um, you know, but then those doctors in turn, you know, because they buy all of those, you know, they're in charge of, of buying those drugs. Then they have an obligation. They're like, well, I need to make money back on this, like whether it's for the hospital for my own personal gain, like so I need to sell a certain amount, you know, or else like what, you know, what am I doing as a doctor? And then the second of all, uh, the, about the, you know, just the mental health care business, you know, that we, you know, have to talk about in the sense that how the state and how, you know, privatized health care, uh, works in general, I think that, you know, I'm not going to go one way or the other on like how I feel about you know privatized or, or public health care. Sure, but I think that just anecdotally, I I found much, I found that public you know mental health care was certainly a little bit more effective for me it, personally. You know, when I was a a teenager, you know, I had a, some stints of depression and a little bit of destructive behavior, and so uh, at first, you know, my parents found this kind of kooky psychiatrist you know it was definitely good to talk to him for a while um you know but really he just kind of wanted to do the same thing he just wanted to talk to you and really not you know i i feel like not really help you know and just kind of prescribe drugs yeah 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 Um, someone
0: talks about that too about finding the right therapist and making sure that you find a therapist that cares about you that and he said the best way to kind of identify a good therapist because he's basically saying that he made a really funny comment he's just like look You know, it doesn't take a lot for somebody to get a degree, to be qualified in that. Right. They don't have to be really good at their jobs to to have that job. No, you just have to Um, get
1: through it. You have to get
0: through it. And a lot of them are very, like, cookie cutter, like, here's your – I'm going to give print out things for you to read and and that. But he's like, if you find a psychiatrist that will – or a therapist or either that will listen, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: will let you tell your story. But also um, ask questions to find more about your history. Yeah. Because – he says a common times is like they will just throw meds at you without even mm-hmm. taking the time to learn your history, to learn exactly what you might need or what you do. And yeah. so, uh, Stephanie, for example, um, she, when we were, when she, when I was sitting with her meeting at one of the psychiatrists' meetings, she had said, look, uh, doc, I'm just taking too many pills and I just don't feel like I should be taking this many pills. Like, mm-hmm. is there any way we can move the cocktails around or, you know, kind of like change my, you know, my medication to not take as many pills and he said okay well we can fix this and he prescribed her three more pills <laughs> Yeah. like and it was one of those things where it's just like, it's like I'm sitting there and I didn't, I didn't want to <laughs> say anything because it's not my place but I'm like she literally just told you that she wanted something different and what do you do you you prescribe her more meds but she told you that's not what she wanted like yeah, yeah. you know it's just like a weird disconnect between yeah, what it, they it was it's
1: frustrating and you know and just to kind of go back to my you know personal history a little bit here is that when I actually when I switched from a um, a private uh, psychiatrist I moved into uh, one that was provided by uh, the county I think actually in deschutes county um I met with this woman every Tuesday and I think it was yeah, and it was uh really really helpful actually we just talked you know it wasn't more of like you know, of course she was doing her job and trying to help me, you know, out with things, but she, on the surface, she wasn't like, okay, now why is this bothering you or something like that? You know, classic psychiatrist, you know, she would just sit there and talk to me and it was just, it was just good to have a conversation, you know, mainly. So I wasn't focusing on other, on other things, you know, whereas the psychiatrist that I had with this private firm, he was asking me very specifically about how I felt about the things that were bothering me and almost like you know, I don't know when the when I had the the one that was provided to me by the county. It's not like I was suppressing all those thoughts. It was just like I could work through them by thinking about something else. Yeah, you know? and, and that then, was much
0: more effective. And like for me, I I struggle. You know, even with doctors in general, when they're like, "Oh, on a scale from one to nine, how would you say that your pain's being? Uh, one being no pain at all, nine being the most excruciating pain you've ever been in." And I'm like. H- four yeah <laughs> uh, point f- Is there halves can i go a point five yeah. like i don't i don't really know how to gauge yeah. my pain level i don't i'm not sure what my cap is that was like one of
1: the worst parts of my job when i was uh doing uh telesurveys it's yeah fucking stupid you got
0: people that rate on it yeah anyway stupid idea yeah i <laughs> <laughs> uh, should but, get rid of that system <laughs> right but no so i guess yeah again it's just more of it's it's not very You know a lot of insurances don't cover certain aspects of mental health that should be covered medication is really expensive if you don't have uh you know the right insurance and and it's it's just you know it's just a very very difficult uh mental health uh field to navigate in it's just it's it's really hard to to find proper care it's really hard to find something that'll take an insurance and and for me you know helping her I mean, I was like, holy shit, that was challenging for me. And it took me six months of constantly phone calls and figuring stuff out and getting on waiting lists and doing this to finally find somebody. And I thought there was no way if somebody is truly suffering with something that they're going to have the mental dexterity and, and the mind frame to be able to to do this on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like the first red flag for me of like, this is not a very effective system and they're not doing a very good Gosh job yeah. at, at handling it. Mean,
1: you know, it's funny is you can, you know, a parallel here is just like the... Uh, uh, veterans affairs hospital right Is yeah. like when veterans try to go in and get the help that they need especially if it's like severe ptsd or just severe pain from like maybe loss of limb or something right. like that like it's almost impossible to get through to that system you know and actually get the help that you need you know mainly because it's so bureaucratic yeah but you know with the mental health field in general like it's not that there are like many loops or or hoops to jump through but the fact that like all there can, a lot of them are really concerned with is just getting you some medication that might help in getting you out the door.
0: Right. Yeah. And so it's like, for me, I spend a lot of time with the people that I'm close to. It's like, I'll try to either, uh, you know, flesh out. I try to be objective for them and, and I, and, you know, I'll sit down with, with you know, my best friend is like, Oh, you have an anxiety problem. Okay. Let's talk this out. Like what's going on. And he'll, he'll explain something. And I'm like that, that, that reasoning doesn't make sense, dude. Like you have to look or you know, with her, it's like this reasoning doesn't make sense. Okay. Let me bring it out. And. And like, look, if this were to be true, then wouldn't that also make this true? But that doesn't make sense. And like, oh, I guess you're right. And trying to paint that picture of, of trying to mold uh, certain ways of thinking and how that they can be a, more aware of what they're doing and, and why they're connecting the dots the way that they're doing. But the other step to that is is admitting that it's OK to just acknowledge that these were the cards that you were dealt. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that, you know. So you're looking at somebody over there and that motherfucker's got a Royal flush and you're stuck with a pair of twos, but you know what? <laughs> if you have a pair of twos, you're going to have to play the game anyway. And a part hey, of that is, better than
1: snake eyes. Right? <laughs>
0: yeah. So a part, a part of that is, you know, is mainly just acknowledging that like, look, I know that I wish and a lot of the times of people that I talk to that struggle with mental illness, they just, they go, I wish I can just clap my hands and just be normal. I wish I could just be normal and everything would be all mm-hmm. right. And it's like, yeah, it's going to take some more work and effort to, that, yeah. to be that way, but it's okay to do that. And if that leads you to some sort of normalcy, um, then I try to encourage the positive you know, yeah. motivation for being like, look, you know, if somebody told me that if I just, you know, kind of saw somebody, to, if I had somebody to talk to on a weekly basis and, you know, I just took a pill every day just to kind of help my my regulation and that's all I need to do. You know, there are, there are higher burdens to pay for, for, for mental health than that. And I just try to focus through comparison. And I think it's important yeah. to keep reminding the people you love if you know they're going through that. Or hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or yeah, yeah, I guess or hate. Yeah.
1: So it's like, man, I fucking hate you. Maybe it's because
0: of this. Yeah, it's okay. It I, I love that. <laughs> I love that philosophy about, about love and hate and saying that they're actually, like, very, very interconnected. And, and, and really, they, they claim that you can only truly hate the people that you love. Um, is what that's is not what sure. I hate a lot of people that I most certainly just hate. <laughs> right, But that's the thing that he says. There's like a yeah. connection between them. was a very thin line. And, and well, basically, what he was his argument was is that nobody can make you as upset as, as the people you care about can. Mm-hmm. Um, like you might you might dislike people and you might despise them a great deal, but nobody can get you to a ferocious amount of anger. Like, other oh, than as yeah. somebody the that people know, that you have
1: such a close close relationship, relationship with, with yeah. yeah but i i do want to not push back on on you but uh, just push back a little bit on the idea of, of normalcy right you know neuronormativity, sure. because i think that saying that you know people you know claim that like i just want to be normal it's like look that's that's a perfectly fine thing to to desire you know but at the same time i think we have to look at like what exactly is normal you know i i personally may come across you know just walking down the the street or just an interaction with normal everyday people you know it's like oh this guy might be normally of health but if you actually talk to me for a second first of all i uh i hate almost everybody (laughs) that's not true but um you know but i have you know uh dyslexia that i've been dealing with my entire life and like severe ocd that i don't take medication for i've just like adapted and i know what triggers those kind of obsessive impulses, and so I just kind of work with it in a certain way. My wife will certainly tell you that I uh, um, I have those kind of issues. And so I think that in a way we can look at everybody might have their own thing to, to some extent or the other. You know, some people, you know, like if you look at Stephanie, you know, she just has poor regulatory skills over those behavioral impulses. Right, right. right. And so, you know, yeah, she needs a little bit, uh, some kind of right cocktail, you know, to get to have those regulatory Sure, yeah, and yes, I think, I what, and
0: to answer your question, uh, what I what I think normal means is, I think normal means is the right situational response to the the situational situation. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, no, yeah, <laughs> no, that yeah, was really right, dumb. The, yeah, uh, was. so basically, what I'm saying, that, what I'm yeah. saying <laughs> is this:
0: is that everybody, I feel that everybody in their life, depression and anxiety. Uh, those can be normal things, depending on the situation that you're in. So, for example, when I was doing Shakespeare in the Park, I, I was playing Hal and Henry V, and, you know, I counted, I spoke for 45 minutes in that play, so I had to memorize 45 minutes. Not from, in a row. But not in a, a row, time, yeah. but like throughout. That'd be impressive. Yeah, I know, but uh, so I had several big speeches, and and the last week before kind of our tech rehearsal, which is kind of like the week before we actually perform, I still didn't have the ending scene memorized. I had everything else, but that ending scene, and I had such bad anxiety. Yeah. Um. You know, for 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 needing to get that memorized and, and trying to make sure I got it done before the show started, and that was a normal situation because the situation implied that the anxiety was a normal response. Yeah. To being nervous yeah, yeah. about failing my yeah. lines, and you know, for example, grief is is a good is a good example for depression where it's like if you lose somebody close to you it's natural to be in a depressive state and that's like the part of the grieving process mm-hmm. i think what happens with people that you know uh, in particular stephanie is it was you know it was just a normal sunny day like today we have a it's beautiful there's barely any clouds in the sky the sun's blue it's about 70 70 ish degrees and it's probably warmer than that, warmer than honestly, that. Yeah. but you know she would be in her bed crippled by depression Yeah, You know, and I'm like, look, you just graduated college. You're beautiful. You have a beautiful heart, a kind soul. You're, you should, you're 20, whatever you, you, you have the whole pe. You should not be feeling this way. Right. And that's what I think I mean. It's like when you start to feel these depressive and anxious situations, you know, in situations where you're not really doing anything or nothing should feel that way. Mm -hmm. You know, again, my roommate at the time, this one time he's like, oh yeah, I'm seeing a therapist now. And I was like, why? And he goes, look, dude, I was just sitting on the couch watching TV. On my day off, you no know, plans, no nothing, and I just had very bad anxiety. He mm-hmm. goes, I realized in that moment that I was just sitting there doing nothing. I should not be feeling anxious. Yeah, you know, and and what's nice about him is he was, you know, at least aware enough to know that like he shouldn't have been feeling that in that moment. um You know, and sometimes I do that. This is going to be a really weird comparison, and and I hope this doesn't like kind of. Uh, I reflect negatively, but sometimes when I smoke a bowl and I'm super high, a bowl of Cheerios, a bowl of Cheerios, <laughs> um, of green Cheerios. Uh, sometimes you know when I have a sweet Sometimes Cheerios. when I have a doobie snack, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, I will Zoits. sit there. Well, Sorry. there'll be moments where like my heartbeat increases and like if I hear a noise and then I have to remind myself, I'm like, Simpson, you know, you're, you're just, you're just, just um, high. Yeah. <laughs> like, high on life. <laughs> yeah. You're like, hey man, like yeah. you just, you know, will you do that? And so it's like, okay, so you calm down and then you realize that that happens. And so I kind of, you can be aware of like when you're feeling things that you're not supposed mm-hmm. to feel. And yeah. I think a good step is, is being mindful about that. So some people don't realize. So you said normal. There might be people that are just on the cusp, you know, that they have maybe mood swings or they, they they kind of handle like anger is a huge thing for men uh, you know men have very extreme anger issues and though you kind of deal with that a certain way and nobody would think that oh you know that guy's got a mental problem it's like no they just go oh he's a little angry or you know yeah. it's like and there's people you know no disrespect but there's a family member that i have that i won't say who because it'll be a dead giveaway but they i believe i believe have you know some mental stuff going on and, and just refuses to even go and check
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: refuses to even see if that is a possibility to, to be better. But, you know, and you know, it's like, I think the sad truth is at the end of the day, the reason why I want to kind of advocate more about this is because at the end of the day, we can't really help anybody until you're ready to help yourself.
1: Yeah. Actually, you know, this is something I actually, I used to, to say to people, you know, I think I could be very much misquoting this, but I think it was even, uh, Jesus in the, in, uh, somewhere in the Bible where he said, you know, if, uh, if you something like if you want help, uh, one must help oneself. Yeah, you know, and I and I think that's important to like recognize that there is actually something going on that is detrimental to your you know daily activity, right? That you actually have to take control, you know, of your own life, and in, in, you know, in that respect, and and actually do something about it. Because I think if you just have the attitude of of passivity, you know, then good things may happen to you. But I think more often than not, like, life is just going to, like, roll roll you over. Right. right. And, and it's important yeah. also
0: to mention that even if you don't know what you're doing, even if you have nowhere to start, just the, having the mentality of of wanting to be better yeah, is all you need. Yeah. Because then you can reach out to your friends or you can reach out to whatnot. And that's one thing I will give Stephanie for is in the beginning, she knew that something was wrong. And she finally got to a dark enough point where she admitted to herself that something was wrong. And all she gave me was the, I want to be better. I want to get better. I want to find a way to do that. Mm -hmm. And then I took the reins and started calling around and, and, and touching base with, with therapists or different uh, clinics that, that help uh, mental health clinics that could, that could have, because with clinics, they make it a little bit easier because they have like a psychiatrist on site and it's a little bit easier to, to, to kind of like, you get like a kind of a full package there. But also, you know, that being said, they're very difficult to get into. And oftentimes they're very understaffed and over busy. Um, But just that initial realization for her was just enough, and then you know people can help from there and and I just wish that more people that don't suffer from mental illness or believe that they don't suffer took some time to look into the neuro the neurology of of what they go through and really understand like when I started looking up. Uh, thought patterns of, of, of personality disorder or any sort of personality disorders. So I'm like, Holy crap. <clears throat> like that's what she's doing. Yeah. You know what I yeah. like? They're just like hitting the nail on the head. I'm just like this whole black and white thinking or the whole, um, you know, uh, this, this extreme sensitivity to, to abandonment mm. and yeah. even, even needing to take a break. So our biggest issue is like, look, I just need some space to kind of get my head around it because sometimes it's a lot to deal with. And that was perceived as me abandoning. Yeah. Um, and then it escalated the situation. You
1: know you what's know, interesting, actually, about that uh, specifically, and I don't know if you wanted to go back to the five languages of, of love at all. I was just thinking. That, I don't know. We
0: can. not A big mindful of time, We're about an hour yeah, and four. Sure. Yeah, so well, we'll probably yeah, up we'll that, wrap it up uh, in a little bit. Uh, you
1: know, but just thinking about that, and in, in in the actual interaction that you have, you know, with with Stephanie, sure, in particular, but then you know, just other people, you know, somebody like that, if they're just. You know, if they're focused a lot on their emotional logic without like recognizing what is is causing some of that stuff, it's obviously difficult to uh, to have meaningful interactions with other people who are, you know, if you want to call them neuro normative, then that's fine. But I think too, you uh, another side of this, right? I'm just going to use the example of myself and my wife is that my wife. Certainly struggles with um with anxiety. She she definitely handles it a lot better than she used to. Um, and not that she's like you know a purely emotional person, right? uh, But she definitely sometimes gets caught up in those. Myself, actually, we've we've had troubles in the past. In our relationship because i'm i'm a bit low in like emotional in my emotional quotient right and i sometimes yeah, what do you, what do you thinking, say
0: all the time you're, you're low eq yeah 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 yes. that just
1: stands for emotional quotient no kind yeah, of like I, iq de- yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah you know but yeah i know um but for you know, those of you, you that don't ian always ian i'm a is, bastard yeah <laughs> well he's always acknowledged
0: that he has a low eq like yeah yeah you know, i just shy. know it, yeah, yeah you know and, shy about that. and so sometimes like which is why he can come off insensitive because he just doesn't pay exactly you know because
1: like i kind of have that almost assholeish analytical mind you know yeah. and so when my when my wife and i get into it sometimes i'm just like well, why the fuck would, you know like i'm thinking very specifically about a certain situation we just had an, an argument the other day about my wife wanting to go on a, on on a hike for some day and i just uh that morning when we she wanted to go on a hike i was telling her uh or she asked me she was like so um what's the plan for the morning because i'd slept in late because i worked really late i'm like well i'm gonna i need to have some food You know, cause I just woke up and then, uh, uh, I need to do some, some school work, but it wasn't like time specific. I just said like, I have to do this today, you know? And I wasn't, I thought that I had said at some point, you know, but I think she took it as like, I said, after eating food, then I have to to do it. and then she had thought immediately and she got upset and just kind of got the kid ready to go and she went off and did some errands like without like really even speaking to me and of course i was a little bit upset about it but then when she came back you know uh later in the day like we kind of talked about it and and i apologized and she kind of apologized also for for being uh, upset in the way that she did but the way that we handled the actual conversation like we were on very different wavelength wavelengths and how we approached the situation cognitively it was just funny like eventually we were just laughing about it because it's like oh my god like we're
0: you know, right. Oh, and you realize yeah, we, like, we think differently and yeah. we do that. Our, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so the, to, to bring back, I guess my kind of final thoughts and I want to share, uh, again, I'm going to share a couple of these books because I really want you guys, uh, for those of you that are listening to check it out. If yeah. you, if you are experiencing any, any, you know, if you yourself have any mental illness factors in, in your life, uh, whether that be personally or whether it be a family or whether it be with friends, um these books are great to check out. It really is helpful for understanding and so I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna force Ian to put them in the show notes and I'm describing them again. I know. Um, coercing me. Yeah, but, <laughs> but for me though, I'm uh you know, I'm I'm a very empathetic person. I always have been and I've just I'm very I can feel the energies from people and I've just seen so much unnecessary pain from these illnesses and I see the stigma behind them and I just you know, just know that I, whoever's listening, like you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm there for you. You know what I mean? I a hundred percent have your back and, and, and I'm not I, kill I know, yeah. and you. Know, yeah. And then you have Ian He's, yeah. uh, he's not sensitive, but yeah. you know, I, I can feel this and especially, you know, I think Stephanie every day for, for kind of open my eyes up. And that's why I kind of structure a lot of my arguments when it comes to, you know, look, people didn't ask to, to have these problems. People didn't ask to, to have a shitty way of fixing them. Um, nor did they ask to kind of navigate a almost seemingly impossible navigation Plan for getting help, mm-hmm. um, so it's just kind of all these things. But you know, there's there are ways that we're getting better, and of course, like through science and, and understanding, we're we're slowly, you know, working our way more towards fixing some of this stuff. But I guess just hang in there. You know, like the read the love languages and learn how you know people that you think may have not have shown you love have actually been showing you love in different ways. Um, that was really crucial to have. Right. So, again, that yeah, book... Could, people could
1: show love by just beating you. I, oh, my, my God. God. <laughs>
0: Will you stop it? I'm sorry. Oh, my lanta. Yeah. I don't know. Like, when I said I was going to do a podcast, you, it was an awful idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You love it. You love um, it. Yeah. So, the first book we'll I want to talk about is, is The I Five mind. Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts. That's uh, a New York Times bestseller by Gary Chapman. Many people are familiar with... The cover, with, too, is beautiful. <laughs> yep. The cover is very, very um, Walmart book shelf yeah
1: but very uh, much so yeah. but you
0: know what it's a great book and most people know about the quiz but i would read the book and then the second one um that again i've given this book um i went out and purchased it immediately they just got these copies that was available as of a few months ago i've given it now to three of my friends that that suffer from depression anxiety all i for, didn't get it. Um, <laughs> You're just, I just want you to suffer. Yeah. You, you're the only person that I'm okay with allowing to suffer. Life is suffering. Yeah. That's right. yep. um, but <laughs> the three people that I've recommended this book to have, you know, they're all about roughly 200, 300 pages in, and they all have said it's already helped them. So um, again, that is David D. Burns, feeling good, the new mood therapy. And here's the thing. What's fun about all this is we're not even we we have no incentive for pitching yeah. these books <laughs> i know
1: mean, we really need to get like one i want a- to yeah, no, yeah. make
0: it very clear that we should get an amazon affiliate actually that would might be a good idea but for, can we
1: yeah can we like we look into that, that? Yeah. we might
0: look into that yeah. but for now just be very clear that we're i'm recommending these books not because i'm being forced to but because i really have found them to be helpful um and i hope that they are helpful for you guys yeah. and
1: i think uh, the one last book i know we've talked about it before and and quoted it before in the show notes, but uh, the Colleen of American Mind with, you know, just talking about cognitive behavioral therapy. It does. And and, and
0: coddling really talks about, they do focus on children in particular and their, uh, their increase in suicide rates and their increase in depression and anxiety and how that's linked to our culture Mm -hmm. um, and uh, basically social media and things like that. And, you know, that's for a whole nother topic. Um, when it comes to mental health and and how our you know most recent culture with social media and stuff is probably affecting that more negatively because now we are focusing on things that we should not be um, you know comparing our lives to others as opposed to just living the ones we have and all that jazz. Yeah. but for the most part, you know, I guess uh, you have any Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Um,
1: I was thinking about seeing our, some upcoming episodes, but I think we can save that for another time. Yeah,
0: we can yeah. save that for another We've time. we got some interesting things coming yeah, we'd up. Yeah, we're due for now. Uh, we'll let you know that we're we're constantly working. Uh, my new computer should be in soon, so we should be on YouTube before no time. Um, again, we have a lovely website that we created, uh, NecessaryBSPodcast.com.
1: <laughs> Fucking excited about that. Super
0: stoked. Yeah. Uh, really nice, simple layout. Again, it has uh, access to our major platforms that we're on. Uh, Stitcher, you know, uh, Castbox, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Also, do you want to tell
1: them about your new looking website? It's very nice. Uh, I mean, it's still, it's still (laughs) the same. You know, still the same.
0: um, You know, as as obviously because we talk about our our blogs and stuff. Not, I I just wrote a piece on human nature. Um, It's just a quick little. I think it's about a thousand word piece, just kind of linking That's some it? of my Come thoughts on. together. <laughs> and I revamped my website. I just went through, I gave a brand new, a brand new layout. Um, I think it looks more clean and it looks nice. And if you want to check out some of the stuff I've been doing, um, that is uh, www.theonlyone.cf. And it's silly, but you do need the www. Um, and, yeah, the so. <laughs> and the dossier, and the dossier. But that is my blog page, and of course, uh, at the only one blog is where you'll find me on Twitter as Are, well. you, are you still
1: progressive or are you moderate now?
0: Uh, you know, I'm a I'm, I'm moderately progressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <go>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then of yeah. course you can find our our podcast uh, on Twitter as well. Follow us. Uh, that is at the only one. Oh, sorry, that's that my. That's mine again. <laughs> <laughs> or our at Necessary BS we're, Pod. Yeah, at Necessary BS Pod, which is the same as our Instagram as well. And go ahead and let them know where they can find your lovely face.
1: Uh, somewhere on the internet. No, I yeah. I mean, I'm Ian Savage. I'm the probably somewhat maybe kind of libertarian. Yeah, uh, I guess Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, I guess what's funny about this podcast is
0: the more you and I have conversations, the more we're kind of changing, yeah. you know, what we that's do. Okay. That's okay. We, you know, we'll, we'll stick good. with the same thing. But, yeah. um, no, because know. in this day and age, people can never change, you know, what they've done right. years and years ago that's true. is who they are now. You know, if
1: you're a pedophile, you know,
0: in the 80s, like, you have say, to be a pedophile. Not, that's not even close <laughs> no, to what you're can, you can
1: You can find me on Twitter at Modern Overman and at my blog uh modernoverman.com and and I've been doing these free write uh yes. free write weeks they're kind of like weekly blogs um I've severely uh, not cut up uh, on them I just wrote a piece on m- uh meditation In music I, I I titled it meditation through devastation I was talking about the uh the music group Sun which is this drone band and they put out a new album it's just really interesting go check it out and I'm working on this piece on why uh, uh film like narrative uh, base films sell or at least do a little bit better than documentaries yeah i'm interested um, in that piece yeah, too. Like, yeah you know, yeah so maybe
0: we could chat a podcast about that too so. yeah definitely
1: yeah so other than that i i don't think i have anything to add me, um yeah you
0: know what guys we're not going to keep you much longer make sure our contest is still going on yeah. like share subscribe we really appreciate it just keep the, this having this thing growing we really do and we wouldn't be anywhere without you guys and so uh we really thank you and and uh thanks for spending some time with us so
1: i you guess yeah <laughs> Uh, everything that guy just says is bullshit. Thank you.